Welcome back to the Bitcoin Layer. I'm Nick Batia, and today we have United States Senator Cynthia Lummis. Senator Lummis, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be with you. How are you, Nick? I'm doing well, and thank you for joining us from Washington today. I have a bunch of questions about Bitcoin, but I know we have limited time today, so I appreciate you being with us. I want to start with explaining to the people what is a Bitcoiner doing in the United States Senate? When did you have this aha light bulb moment about Bitcoin? And um, what is it like being a Bitcoiner on Capitol Hill? Oh, my, my son-in-law and my daughter introduced me to Bitcoin back in that 2013-2014 timeframe, pretty early. Um, and, and my curiosity was raised because so many of the terms they were using uh, reminded me of mining, mining for gold or, or any other commodity. There were so many comparisons that it, it just made instant sense to me. Uh, the thing that's hard for people my age to grasp, and that's true, I believe, in the Senate, um, is we're used to stores of value, money, being issued by governments. So to have something come along uh, that, like it, like centuries before us, was not issued by a government um, is a little foreign. It takes us a while to wrap our arms around it. And this is part of the reason why Bitcoin has so much comparison to gold is that there is a non-government aspect to the money. And it really is the first time that we've had something like this since gold. So the historical comparisons are quite few and far between. Uh, Senator, what is it about the United States specifically that attracts people to Bitcoin? Is there something in the culture? Is there something unique here that, that means something to us? And maybe additionally, what is it from your background? You mentioned mining, but you're from Wyoming. You have ranching in your family history. What is it about Bitcoin that you or Americans identify with? Well, I think Americans in generally are freedom loving people and love their individual freedom. Um, and so Bitcoin uh, being untethered from a government allows a tremendous amount of individual freedom. We also enjoy our privacy uh, and we're suspicious of governments ever increasing involvement in our lives. Knowing what we spend our money on, our fiat dollars, uh, is something that I think is of great concern to Americans. Just because of our innate desire to have that individual freedom uh, that is so identified with being an American. So I think that has a lot to do with it. With regard to me personally, uh, the notion of ranching, of mining, of producing things um, comes very familiar. I was also the Wyoming State Treasurer, so I was investing Wyoming's mineral wealth in long-term assets, a fully diversified asset allocation of stocks and bonds, foreign and domestic, short-term, long-term. Um, and I came to see Bitcoin as a store of value. Uh, one of the things that you would hang on to 
for its long-term value. Yes, I wanted some assets that would throw off short-term revenue because as treasurer, um, we were using our investment income uh, to augment our general fund, the general operations of government. But we wanted some assets at the long-term end of the investment spectrum just to be a store of value, like minerals are when they're in the ground. Uh, before they're produced, they have a value. Uh, and then if you can produce them, you're able to convert that stored value into a means of exchange. And Bitcoin is, at least initially, a store of value. And as the Lightning Network and other capabilities bring Bitcoin more into the means of exchange part of its uh, utility, uh, it, it's just something that uh, makes such good sense to Americans. Today's video is sponsored by River. We are extremely proud to be sponsored by River. It is a Bitcoin only exchange, somewhere you can go to get allocated. And we love River for a few reasons, but most importantly, River does not use a custodian that is an external party. It uses its own method of multi-signature cold storage so that you and your funds are not exposed to the world of counterparty risk. Now, River even encourages you to get your coins off of the exchange as soon as possible. And they also have Lightning Network capability so you can get those coins off like that. Make sure you check out river.com slash TBL. It's wonderful to hear uh, that you support the Lightning Network as another adoption metric, as something that we can see Bitcoin extending its life cycle or extending its usability around the world. And Senator, I wanted to ask you now on the legislative front, let's shift gears to what's going on on Capitol Hill. There obviously are dozens of active debated topics right now on the Hill. Bitcoin and digital assets is certainly one of them, but give us a sense. Is it near the top of the priority, first of all, or even close to near the top of the priority for the Senate or the House? And then can you speak to the specific legislative points that you are most committed to getting passed? And that means you know, accepting or compromising on maybe other things, what is it that you are focused on getting past uh, on the Hill? Well, that's a great question, Nick. Uh, you know, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York and I put together a bill that's very comprehensive. It covers Bitcoin as a commodity, most other digital assets as securities. Uh, it clearly defines both. Uh, it creates a mechanism when something comes along that is not clearly either a commodity or a security, uh, how it might be uh, regulated or if it should be regulated. So we're dealing with things like NFTs as well. Um, it also deals with stable coins um, and uh, with the illicit finance use of um, digital assets. So what we're finding is by laying out this very comprehensive bill, we've been able to show our fellow legislators 
what a comprehensive package looks like. There seems to be more of an appetite now to take it bit by bit rather than swallow the whole whale at one time. So the first thing we did is get the illicit finance component of our bill combined with some compromises we had to make uh, into the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA. And that passed the Senate um, in the summer. Uh, so we wanna make sure that that continues to be part of uh, the compromise on the NDAA. And we think it will be because there are allegations that Hamas is using cryptocurrency to help finance its violence. Uh, and so uh, we're hopeful that we can remind people that that was an important component of the NDAA. The next thing we expect to move is with regard to stable coins. And uh, we had been working, Senator Gillibrand and I, with both the White House and with uh, uh, Congressman Patrick McHenry, who is chairman of House Financial Services. Now, Patrick McHenry is currently uh, the Speaker Pro Tem of the House, uh, a position that exists and puts him in the chair uh, for as long as the U.S. House does not have a speaker. So he's distracted right now. We've had to cancel, I think, three meetings already uh, with um, him and, uh, and Janet Yellen, Secretary Yellen, so we can work out the final details of a stablecoin bill. And that will require some compromise because we're dealing uh, between the executive and legislative branch, the House and the Senate, the Democrats and the Republicans, so if you throw that many different uh, sets of eyes on something, it's going to require compromise. But we think we're getting really close uh, and we expect that to be the next aspect to move. I think it can still move this calendar year, but now it kind of depends on how long um, Representative McHenry is tied up in his role as Speaker Pro Tem. It could be that we could even move with some of the commodities components, which certainly affects Bitcoin the most because Bitcoin is a commodity. If we did that, it might even come through the farm bill, the five-year farm bill, because commodities in general fall under the jurisdiction of agriculture and the agriculture committees in the House and the Senate are both working on the five-year farm bill. So as you can see, Nick, it's getting divided up in bits and pieces. And um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain Stablecoin will be the next uh, piece of the chessboard to move. So thank you for explaining to us that there is an aspect of compromise in each one of these components uh, to be able to move the legislation forward. But from a Bitcoin perspective, and I want to take it from that Bitcoin purely uh, perspective right now, individual legislative acts that qualify stablecoins as stablecoins, that even compromise to a financial surveillance of digital assets from a defense perspective, any of these little legislative acts, they actually do move us closer to qualifying Bitcoin as a commodity. And that 
to us is the key here. When we sat down together in DC, it's exactly what we discussed. You asked me what is the most important thing. And I said, it is the definition of Bitcoin as a more neutral existence. And that neutrality is consistent with what a commodity is, not with what a security is, because a security is issued. So just tell us and summarize maybe to somebody that is only interested in the impact on Bitcoin here. How important is it to you that we get Bitcoin as uh, qualified as a commodity? And then maybe even give us some hope here that we could actually get this in the farm bill. What are the odds there? Is that something that you're targeting, trying, or something that has some momentum? Well, there's there's two things that have been happening while there's been this delay in getting more senators and representatives to understand that Bitcoin is different from other digital assets. Um, in their minds, most of them were lumping Bitcoin and other digital assets together. And as time has gone on, I think there has been more understanding that Bitcoin is unique. Bitcoin is a commodity. Uh, that is understood by the head of the uh, Commodity Futures Trading Commission. That is understood and expressed by the head of the SEC. Uh, that is more understood in the White House than it used to be. Uh, the White House has been an area of concern for us because we haven't seen them focus on this. Uh, I believe even at the Fed, there's more of an understanding that Bitcoin is different, that Bitcoin is a commodity. So having the leaders of the agencies in the executive branch that are uh, the regulators of these uh, digital assets, distinguish Bitcoin away from other digital assets has been enormously helpful. So there is a chance that Bitcoin could um, receive some recognition as a commodity uh, in the farm bill. I would say right now it's still less than 50-50, uh, but it's closer to 50-50 than it was uh, six months ago. Uh, so uh, the other good news is the chairs of the ag committees in the House and the Senate and the ranking members. So on a bipartisan basis and bicameral basis, there's an appreciation that Bitcoin is a commodity. And um, so I the, the fact that we're through having to explain that and go over it and discuss it and distinguish how Bitcoin is different from other digital assets is starting to become something that's in the rear view mirror, which is hugely, hugely helpful. And here's another thing, Nick, that's helpful. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit sorry to say it is, but when you see some of the very big companies in the US, big financial service companies, apply for Bitcoin ETFs, not cryptocurrency DCF, uh, uh, ETFs, but Bitcoin. That is a recognition by the big established traditional financial services industry that Bitcoin is different. And so that I think adds further credence uh, to those, uh, I'm gonna call them stale institutions in Washington, 
uh, that Bitcoin has a recognition among other stale institutions, uh, traditional investors, that Bitcoin is different. So um, the, the fact that this has taken longer to uh, ad adopt than I had hoped um, has brought about some changes that I think are particularly good for Bitcoin and its role in, in the world of commodities. Maybe 12 months ago, if you were showing uh, a chair of a financial services committee or the head of a regulatory body some information about Bitcoin and you didn't have the Fidelity ETF, the BlackRock ETF, the Franklin Templeton ETF to show them, now you do, it does change the game. I was going to ask, what is the influence of Wall Street now as they've started to enter? But it seems like you've already answered that question that it is contributing at the margin to the awareness. Now, talk to us about being one of the primary resources on the topic of Bitcoin in Washington, D.C. What has that been like? Do you, does your office still get calls? Are you still passing out books? How is it to uh, be a Bitcoiner, an actual Bitcoiner in Washington and have people come to you for information? You know, Nick, it, it, we are still passing out books. We are still considered a go-to source of information uh, and expertise about uh, Bitcoin. Uh, that's a little scary because I wish I knew more about Bitcoin than I do, but thanks to people like you who've written very, very clearly uh, about Bitcoin. Uh, we can hand out your book, which we do on a regular basis. Um, almost everyone in my office, if not everyone in my office, has read your book uh, because it's so instructive. It provides that foundation. Uh, so I highly recommend and give out your book. Um, Safe Adeen's books um, are also very uh, helpful. They're, they're a harder read because, you know, they're very, very dense. Um, uh, but we give out the Bitcoin standard, the fiat standard as well. Uh, and for people who just want um, a, a little uh, primer, some of uh, Jimmy Song's books are really good. Um, and so depending on how deep a dive, um, some of our colleagues want to take in this or their staffers. Um, we choose the book to their need. Um, in addition, we still have a financial uh, innovation caucus and we still have meetings and bring in speakers. Uh, and I thank you for participating in that. Um, so we can get staffers more conversant uh, with this topic. Uh, there's a lot of turnover on Capitol Hill among young staffers. So even when we train some, we have to continually uh, train, inform, educate, and uh, keep people aware of what the status of this topic is, and especially as we begin now to implement it on a piecemeal basis. So people aren't seeing Lemus Gillibrand come out in one piece for a debate. They're seeing components of it. So we have to remind people of how each aspect of our bill, as it comes forward, fits into the grander scheme. Senator Cynthia Lummis of Wyoming, thank you so much for joining us today at the Bitcoin Lair. We appreciate your support. We appreciate what you are doing for Bitcoin in Washington. Uh, please let us know what we should be looking for from your office going forward and what you need from 
uh, constituents. I look forward to staying in touch, Nick, and I want to congratulate and thank you for the role that you've played in Washington uh, to bring awareness to Bitcoin, bring knowledge and expertise to this topic, and to be able to explain it in a way that people can relate to, because as we move forward, uh, your voice is going to continue to be really important. So thank you so much for all you do. Thank you, Senator. And uh we hope you guys will join us next time at the Bitcoin Lair with Senator Cynthia Lummis. I'm Nick Batia. We'll catch you next time. Make sure you check out river.com slash TBL for all of your Bitcoin exchange needs. We love River and the way they operate. They use their own multi-signature cold storage solution so that your funds are not held on a third-party custodian's balance sheet. Thanks again for checking out the Bitcoin Lair. I'm Nick Batia. We'll catch you next time.